Welcome to C3 Church, Queens Beach. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoyed this message today. It's good to be with you this morning. And uh, I'm just so grateful for the Lord and for His love and His mercy. Well, there was a young woman, 22 years old, facing a relentless battle with clinical depression. And she had recently been given sick leave by her doctor as she was struggling to cope with her job. And this young woman wrote in a journal some of her thoughts during this time. And several of these journal entries were entitled, Finding Strength in Depression. At one point she writes, the past couple of days I have reached rock bottom, the lowest of the lows. And surrounding this are her reflections on several Psalms. One of these is Psalm 40 verse 2, which says, He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. She then writes the following, A promise for me to remember. God will never let me sink. I can praise God through the hard times by acknowledging his presence with me so that others may be encouraged. A couple of days later, her her journal entry is about selective verses from Psalm 30 of verse 4, which says, Sing the praises of the Lord, you his faithful people, and praise his holy name. She writes, A reminder to keep praising God no matter what. That young woman was me. I was that broken, hurting, depressed 22-year-old who had hit rock bottom. And at that point in my life, I felt like I had messed up. I had moved uh, to Perth from New Zealand uh, only about a year before. And I was thinking, what was the point in this? It's just more pain. Uh, And being far away from everything I'd ever known, the comforts of home, the comforts of my homeland uh, were pulling on my heart stronger than ever. And yet in the midst of all of this, I had a revelation that despite how broken I felt, despite how depressed I was, God's promises remained the same. God had not changed. His promises and His truths were a reminder to me at that time to seek Him, to praise Him, proclaiming His truths into and over my life, regardless of the circumstances or my feelings. And in order to do this, I had to make a choice to position myself to proclaim. And if I consider key moments of my life, like when I was that 22-year-old, it has been my choice to position to proclaim that it's strengthened my faith and helped me to endure the valleys. It has been my disposition to proclaim something of who God is over my life in those seasons that have shaped me more than anything else, more than the circumstances themselves. And so that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about this concept that I've called position to proclaim and what it looks like. And I believe you'll be encouraged. I also believe that God's going to reveal to you what this looks like for you in your personal situation and in your current season. And so first of all, position. How do we do this? What are we positioning ourselves in? We're positioning ourselves in God through Jesus Christ. And we do this in several key ways and these are not exhaustive. They're just a few ways that I do believe they are foundational. And so number one, 
we position ourselves in the Word. The Bible is the foundation and the Word of God is powerful. And there are many examples of this throughout Scripture, but let's have a look uh, right now at one of these. Uh, and you can turn, if you like, if you've got your Bible with you or you want to look on your phone, a book of Nehemiah chapter 8. Nehemiah chapter 8. And at this point, the remaining Israelites have returned from exile, from captivity in Babylon. And under the direction and leadership of Nehemiah, they've rebuilt the city wall in Jerusalem amidst all sorts of opposition. And in chapter 8, the Israelites gather together to listen to Ezra, a priest and a scribe, uh, reading out loud the book of the law uh, given to Moses by God for the Israelites, God's chosen people. So Nehemiah chapter 8, starting at verse 5. Ezra opened the book. It's a good start. And all the people could see him because he was standing above them. And as he opened it, the people all stood up. Ezra praised the Lord, the great God. And all the people lifted their hands and responded, Amen, Amen. Then they bowed down and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Such was the Israelites' encounter with the Word that we see this profound uh, reaction, a proclamation of worship and and reverence in light of a holy God. And if we continue reading, we find out in verse 9, they actually were weeping. They, They were weeping before the Lord. They were seemingly increasingly aware of their shortcomings in light of the law. And so Nehemiah and the other leaders with him exhort the people in verse 10, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks. Well, if I was there at that point, I'd be like, don't even tell me twice, I'm out of here. I'm going to go enjoy some choice food and sweet drinks and send some to those who have nothing, nothing prepared. It's good to give. It's good to be generous. Uh, this day is sacred to our Lord. Do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So we position ourselves in the Word and as we do, we encounter the heart of God. In that place we find joy and it's a joy that prompts praise and celebration and proclamation. Now that's not to say that we will never be challenged as we position ourselves in the Word, but that challenge is not designed to bring condemnation and fear. Rather, it's designed to bring freedom. And when we get a taste of God's freedom, we have that joy. We receive His joy. And so that's what the Israelites here were being encouraged to do in response to His Word. What's so amazing for you and me in light of this is that Jesus Christ has made the way for His Word to be accessible for every person on earth. For us in our Western world context, the Word has never been more accessible to us. We have it on paper, we can go online, we can listen to it on audio. We have apps like YouVersion and Bible Gateway and the like. Our ability to position ourselves in the Word is not a result of accessibility. It's the result of our intentionality or lack thereof. When you deliberately put aside regular time to meditate and reflect on Scripture, you position yourself in God. When you speak Scripture out loud over your life and you declare His promises, you position yourself in God. When you personalise Scriptures to build up and stir up your faith, you position yourself in God. And so I did this recently uh, with Psalm 46, one of my favourite psalms. God is my refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, I will not fear. 
I will not fall. God will help me at the break of day. I will be still and know that you are God. We don't need to rely on someone else reading the word to us like the Israelites were doing here in Nehemiah 8. We don't need someone else to interpret it for us. As followers of Jesus Christ, the Bible, God's Word is available for you to read for yourself so you can have a revelation that's personal. Is there people in the house this morning? You can have a revelation that's personal because God is personal. He showed that when He sent Jesus to give His life on the cross and it's bridged the gap that our sin created. And so when we position ourselves in the Word, we are transformed more into His image and we can proclaim His truths, the promises of His Word, that the joy of the Lord is our strength because we've got that revelation on the inside of us. Number two, we position ourselves in prayer and worship. Prayer and worship helps to realign our thinking it prevents our emotions from govern, governing us. It gets the focus off us. And it's all about me, my needs, my wants. To it's about you, Father God. It shifts us to a place of acknowledging His sovereignty and His reign over this world and over our lives. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16. Be joyful always, pray continually and give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus, let words of thanks, of praise, of adoration, of surrender and of repentance flow from our lips regularly. Psalm 19 verse 14, May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And if this is an area that you struggle in, can I encourage you just to start small? Uh, you know, saying, saying, God, you are worthy. God, I praise you. God, thank you for Jesus Christ. God, would you help me? God, would you uh, help me to be a better spouse, a better friend? God, would you help me to be a better parent? God, would you look after my friend who's going through a hard time? You don't need to overcomplicate it. God's not looking for eloquence. He's just looking for authenticity. He just wants our heart. And so turn that worship music on whenever you can in your quiet time with God while you're making dinner, when you have a shower, while your kids are playing, when you're taking your kids to school. Because as we position ourselves in prayer and worship, we see something of His kingdom here on earth. And it's not based on our circumstances or, our, or on our feelings, but on who He is, who God is. Because being a people of prayer and praise matters. And so let's position ourselves in it. Let's position ourselves again in prayer and worship. Number three, we position ourselves in community. I'm so glad that you're here today. If I was looking out to rows of empty chairs, it'd be pretty boring. And I'd just have to listen to myself without any, it just wouldn't be right, you know? But as I look out, I'm excited because I see a community of people, a, a group of people brought together for a purpose. And the decision you've made today to be in the house, to position yourself in the house of God is a really important one because we need each other. I wouldn't be where I am today without other people investing into my life. People like Pastor Nicole and Steve, our amazing campus pastors. Can we just really show our appreciation for them right now? 
We love you guys. You're amazing. I'm so great. Personally, I'm so grateful. And I know it would reflect many people here today. Just how grateful we are for your leadership, your integrity, but the way you invest into people and believe in them and the way you've done from what you've done for me is just amazing. I'm so, so grateful. And so this Christian walk is not meant to be done in isolation. God calls us into a community because He knows that this isn't easy. It's not a walk in the park. We are faced with obstacles, with challenges and temptation and the like. But when you are surrounded by a support network that reminds you that you are not alone and it reminds you that, and actually, you know, we'll walk with you through this. You don't have to walk in it alone. There is freedom in that. And so aside from being in the house of God regularly, other things that will help you to position yourself in community is attending a connect group or signing up for Alpha, which starts today. And and connect groups in Alpha, it offers you a place where you can share and discuss your faith or questions you have about your faith in a safe and non-judgmental environment. It's a place where you can receive prayer and encouragement and belonging. We also have monthly prayer meetings. Come and join us for that. We, the girls went out for dinner a few weeks back, a lovely Thai meal together. We just spent, had fellowship with one another. There was a men's camp not that long ago as well. There are so many opportunities throughout the year for you to position yourself in community. So come and join us. We would love to have you. Number four, we position ourselves in serving. We position ourselves in serving. Amen. Come on. As we serve, we honour God with the gifts and the talents and the resources that He's given us. Because we all have something to bring to the table. Don't believe the enemy's lie that you have nothing to offer. That just needs to go back where it belongs. (laughs) We all have something to contribute to the body of Christ. Your gifts and your talents have been uniquely placed and wired into the fabric of who you are for a purpose and they exist to bless people to encourage others to help them and so being in the house of when we're in the house of God and we're serving we are also ministered to as well as being wise stewards of what God has given us and often people say when they're serving they do find a sense of satisfaction and and a sense of belonging and significance because serving is a doorway to purpose and if you call this church your home if you if you feel like this is where you belong can i encourage you if you're not already jump on a roster uh, you can speak to myself you can speak to Shannon Shannon can wave up there you can speak to Dom any member of our team we would love to help you find the right place for you within the house of God for you to be able to serve and not just bless others but be blessed yourself right now, can I just invite everyone to close, close their eyes? You know, as I've spoken about positioning yourself in the Word and in prayer in, and worship and in serving and in community, if there is something in this that has resonated with you, if you want to position yourself in God afresh in any one or all of these areas, I'm just going to get you to stand right now where you are and I'm going to pray for you. So just stand where you are just right now and because I want to, God wants to do something. He wants to pour out blessing into your world. He wants to bring you freedom. And so right now you can just stand, you can stand and I'm going to pray. Thank you, mighty God. Lord, I thank you for every person standing here this morning. 
and indeed for every person in the house today. And Lord, I pray right now that You would come and release freedom in their world, that they would be able to position themselves afresh in You. And God, I pray that You would uh, just pour out Your strength into them. God, I pray You would give them strategies. What other things that they can do that will help them practically to make sure that this is outworked in their life. And so God, I thank You right now, You're giving people ideas, You're giving people strategies, tools that they can use to do this, Lord. God, I thank You right now for any distractions or hindrances that they would just fall in the name of Jesus. And God, I just pray that You would help them to see themselves as You see them and that they would see themselves as strong in You. And that as they stand, that they would stand firm and that they would position themselves in You and that they would be filled with Your Spirit afresh this morning. And so God, I thank You for each and every person here. I ask that you bless them in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Well, we've got ourselves positioned in God through the Word and prayer and worship and community and serving. And now we're ready to proclaim. Woo! We position so that we can proclaim. But what is it that we are to proclaim? Well, there are four things that I want to bring to our attention today. We position to proclaim, number one, His name. Psalm 105 verse 1, Give praise to the Lord, proclaim His name, make known among the nations what He has done. Pastor Cherry preached last week about being fearless and she reminded us of the story of David, a shepherd boy, coming face to face with the giant Goliath in 1 Samuel 17. And David's response was to run towards Goliath. I don't know. I I don't know if I would do that. Uh, I don't know if I would have run towards Goliath. Uh, I may have run the other way, but oh, I just love that David's heart here. Like he was so, he knew where his strength came from. And so he was running towards that giant because he's like, I'm going to take that giant down and it's not going to be in my strength, but in your strength. And so he actually declares these words. He says, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord God Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. This day, the Lord will hand you over to me. Wow, what a proclamation. That's a good thing to proclaim the name of the Lord because there is nothing else like the name of the Lord. So do you want to be fearless? You've got to proclaim His name. Do you want to be courageous? Proclaim His name. Do you want to have a healthy marriage? Proclaim His name. Do you want to be a better friend? Proclaim His name. Do you want to have, uh, your, see your business grow? Proclaim His name. Do you want to be a godly parent? Proclaim His name. We've got to proclaim His name. We've got to speak it out again and again and again because there is power in the name of God. So we've got to proclaim it. Come on. Number two, we position to proclaim what He has done. Psalm 71 verse 16, I will come and proclaim your mighty acts, sovereign Lord. I will proclaim your righteous deeds and yours alone. The greatest testimony you can proclaim about what God has done is your personal story. And we've heard that from Sue. Wow, Sue, what a story. Come on now. 
It was just awesome to hear what God has done in your life. But there's power in that, right? Were you encouraged as you heard that story? I was. I was encouraged. Like, yes, go, Sue. You go. You're a, you're a powerful woman of the Lord. You're strong in Him. And I know He's going to continue to use your story to bless other people in the name of Jesus. And so nobody can take away your story because it's your story. And your story might be the key to releasing someone else from their prison, from their chains. It might be the key that unlocks or reignites faith in others around you. And Pastor Jace preached about this a couple of months ago. And he said that your seeking is so much bigger than just you. And so as you proclaim your story, you can release someone else's healing. And as you proclaim your story, what God has done for you, others can be set free. As you position to proclaim what He has done, regardless of what's happening in your life or happening around you, people who are, who are distant from God, who don't know Jesus, they're more likely to think, there's something different about this person. They seem to live their life with this peace and joy that I don't have. And as you live this out, it may prompt people to ask you questions about your faith. So when they do, when people ask, well, why do you believe in God? What are you going to tell them? It's your personal story of what God has done in your life through Jesus that has the ability to shift people from darkness to light, from brokenness to wholeness, from death to life. Your story plays a significant part in bringing people one step closer to Jesus. Number three, we position to proclaim His faithfulness. Well, as I mentioned at the start, I had taken two weeks sick leave from my job. I was in retail at the time and I'd been in my job less than six months. So I was still on probation and I was really struggling to cope with the demands of the job and also with my mental health. And unfortunately, I made decisions at that time that were right in principle, but I put my trust in the wrong person. Uh, In this case, it was the manager overseeing me. And on my return from sick leave, I was subsequently uh, accused of things that weren't reflecting the truth. And so I had lacked wisdom, yes, in my handling of that situation, but uh, they were bringing my integrity and my character into question, which was particularly heartbreaking to me. And they were suggesting that uh, I found other employment, which of course made me not want to find other employment, because I thought, if you're telling me that, I'm definitely not going to do it. But at the same time, I was definitely conflicted. And that particular manager stayed on, but we got a new store manager. And after a little, not being there very long, the store manager came up and told me, uh, I've been told bad and negative things about you. Wow, thank you so much. Thank you for that really affirming comment. I just feel so loved right now. So I didn't know what to do. It just seemed like it was one big mess. And I suffered with many condemning, self-condemning thoughts at the time. And I remember thinking, how can God be faithful in my mess. I was basing God's faithfulness on my performance. We can't earn God's faithfulness. God is faithful because it's who He is. And sure enough, in my mess, in my pain, in my brokenness, God showed His faithfulness to me. And after work one day, I called my colleague who worked at a different store, but in the same department as me. She was a manager. And I said, I don't know. I don't think I can do this. 
And she said, Eden, why don't you just transfer to our store and you can just work with me? I thought, oh, is that even a, I said to her, is that even a possibility? I didn't know that could happen. I said, look, leave it with me. I'll speak to my store manager, see what we can do. Well, two weeks later, uh, the transfer paperwork had all gone through and I was at a new, different store. I got to stay in the same department, but with better support and uh, support for, I had great support from the management there. And uh, it was just amazing. I, I actually started to enjoy what I was doing. And when I eventually left that job and went into chaplaincy several years later, I got a really wonderful reference from my manager. And I remember during that time as well, I actually bumped into the other manager uh, from my old store who had given me so much grief. And I remember her saying to me that oh, she'd heard all the great things that I was doing at the new store. Vindication, thank you, Lord. And so it's good. <laughs> well, I love that though. God is so faithful. What looked over here, like just a, a huge mess, it might look one way, but God is bigger than the circumstance. And we can proclaim His faithfulness because it's a declaration of His character and it's not based on human performance. Thank goodness for that. It's based on who He is. And so we position ourselves to proclaim his faithfulness. Number four, we pro- pro- position to proclaim his salvation. Psalm 96 verse 2. Sing to the Lord and praise his name. Proclaim his salvation day after day. You know, God's gift of salvation offered through the person of Jesus Christ is the most profound truth we will ever proclaim. And Jesus himself proclaimed our salvation and freedom. He proclaimed the salvation and freedom of humankind. In the Gospel of Luke chapter 4, we read that Jesus stood in a synagogue in Nazareth and reading from the scroll of the prophet Isaiah, Jesus proclaimed these words, words that declared that he is a fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecies concerning the Messiah. So Luke 4, starting at verse 18, Jesus says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Is there anything better than the good news of salvation through Jesus? Is there any better news than the good news that through Jesus Christ we receive forgiveness for our sins and freedom from our chains? Is there anything better than the message of the death and resurrection of Jesus on the cross so that we might experience new life and abundant life and eternal life? I can't think of anything. I can't think of anything. Jesus Christ is the answer to the world's problems, to our problems. Jesus Christ is the answer for you and for me. So let me ask this question. Do you remember the day of your salvation? The psalmist exhorts us to proclaim his salvation day after day, to remember what it was like when we first received Jesus Christ as our Saviour and Lord. And to not stop proclaiming the goodness of his salvation. You know, sometimes when we've, when we've been a Christian for a while, we can get a bit stale and we can forget that, that fervour that we first had when we said yes to Jesus. We can so easily forget that desire to follow him with everything that we had, which welled up inside of us when we first asked Jesus to be our Saviour. But God is calling us, church, to 
position to proclaim his salvation once again. Oh Lord, would you reinvigorate that passion I had when I was first saved? Would you bring to mind again the goodness of your salvation in my life? Would you instill in my spirit afresh the joy of your salvation? And as I'm sharing this, I'm aware that there may be people here today who've never received this gift. You've never asked Jesus to come into your heart to be your Lord and Saviour, or perhaps you did a long time ago, but if you're being honest, you know that there's a disconnect between you and God. You're not in step with Him. Life's happened and you've fallen away. Well, right now, I want to give those people an opportunity to respond to Jesus this morning, to invite Him into your heart. It's God's heart that He can have a personal relationship with each and every person here today. He's knocking on the door of your heart and He's asking, will you let me in? He wants to show you His faithfulness. He wants to show you the power of His name. He wants to show you the joy of His salvation. And it's not based on your performance. You know, Jesus says, come to me, you who are weary and burdened. He doesn't say, come to me, you have it all together. Because if He did, none of us would come to Him. He just wants you to come as you are and receive that gift of salvation. And with it, you receive freedom and purpose and belonging and eternal life through what Jesus Christ has done on your behalf. And so can everyone close their eyes right now across this place? And if that's you this morning, if you're letting Jesus come into your heart, in a moment, I'll ask you to raise your hand. I'll see it. I'll acknowledge it. And you can place your hand back down again. I'm not going to embarrass you, ask you to come down the front or anything like that. But by raising your hand, it's an outward acknowledgement that solidifies an inward decision. And I can celebrate with you. One of our team can give you a gift to help you in the next steps. And so with no one looking around, with eyes closed, on the count of three, I will ask those of you who are making that decision to raise your hand. One, two, three. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. You may place your hands back down. That's awesome. That's two people this morning that have made that decision and they've received the joy of his salvation. Is there anyone else here this morning? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Well, we're all going to say a prayer together. And for those people who raise their hand, I encourage you to, to say this, to declare these words over your life so you can repeat this after me. Dear God, I thank you for Jesus. For his life, life, death, and resurrection on the cross. Today I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord, and I believe in my heart that you raised him from the dead. Today I am saved. Fill me with your love and help me to do this life with you as my God. I pray this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Can we celebrate? Yes. Praise God. Well, we have a, a, 
I've got our team who can give you a gift. That was you this morning and you raised your hand. You also might have questions. Perhaps you didn't feel like you wanted to raise your hand today, but you have questions. And so we'd love to help you wherever you're at on your journey. And so please come and see myself, any member of our team. Uh, We'd love to have a chat with you. Uh, As I said earlier, Alpha starts today. And so it's not too late for people to come along. And so if you're interested in attending that today, please come and see Pastor Nicole and Steve about that. Because as I said earlier, We're meant to do this together. We're called to do this together. And so let's do that. And to just to finish, I want to encourage you. Choose one thing that you can do this week to activate this position to proclaim principle in your world. So maybe you're going to position yourself by diarising a set time to spend in His Word each day or to turn on that praise and worship music regularly, or position yourself by purposefully gathering with other people in this community and inviting your plus one friends along. Perhaps you're going to position yourself by joining a connect group if you're not a part of one already. Or maybe you're going to jump on a roster and volunteer and serve in the house. Lastly, what is it that you are going to proclaim over your life this week? What do you want to have freedom in? What promises of His Word will you stand on? Let's not be silent, but let's proclaim again through our daily lives His name, what He has done, His faithfulness and His glorious salvation. Thanks so much for joining us today on this podcast. We encourage you to let this Word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more of our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, head to c3hh.com.au forward slash give.